Hi, everybody. Welcome to a new slash special episode of Two Drunk Fans. There is news big enough that dropped earlier this week that Gab and I were like, okay, let's just record about this one episode. Um, Gab, what are you drinking? I am, I am drinking a double Jack and Coke. Um, I kind of forgot that we were recording. We figured out that we were going to earlier today. And then I got stuck in some stuff and ran to the bar. And it's a noisy bar, so I apologize. But uh, I am drinking Jack, my buddy Jack, and some Coca-Cola. Um, are you enjoying anything tonight? I'm drinking water because I have a headache. <laughs> because I was laughing too much. Uh, like smiling too wide while I was watching a compilation video of people making half court shots at NBA games to win money in cars. Of people making it? Yeah, people making like some, like someone compiled all the times people have made the half court shot and won like ten thousand dollars. I realize this is a really specific reason to have a headache, but it's true. That that is a very specific reason, and at least it's a smiling headache. Yeah, yeah, I'm not too pissed off. It's a really like if you're feeling down, I highly recommend googling or like YouTubing. Just look up people making half court shots. It's so, you know, it's just a little bright spark of happiness. What's the uh, what's the soccer version of that? I mean, I think Carly Lloyd did it. Uh, sure, but that's like. Okay, so is your video players making half court shots or no, no, no. It's like at, making half court shots? It's like at halftime when they, you know, do they call out a random seat and whoever it is, they get to come down, they get to shoot from half court, and if they make it, sure, they win. I, whatever. I, I, I totally get the concept. So what's the soccer version of that? I mean, in Boston, our halftime show sometimes they have all the kids kick a ball to center circle, and whoever's closest to the target wins some shit. I mean well there you go it's kind of like we just have we just have like little kids playing soccer they could do it where they like they block off the goal except for the top two 90s and you have to make an upper 90 shot from half field that would be a great jesus could you imagine is there anybody who could like carly lloyd would just she would retire on that game (laughs) yeah but i mean you know the equivalent of half court shot some of these teams are giving away ten thousand. i saw a dude who won like ninety thousand dollars it was crazy so, you know, you want to make this shit hard. <laughs> That's what he said. That's what she said? That's what they said. That's what they said. Mm. So the reason we have gathered today... <laughs> <laughs> to break bread. Is because... It was Monday night. When, because Monday night, um, Canada Soccer just randomly drops this tweet as like, hey, by the way, John Herdman's in charge of the men's national team now. And we were all like, literally, what just happened? <laughs> I I was I was meeting the new Timbers head coach and I was like, wait, I'm sorry, what? I know. It was like the timestamp on this tweet is 731 PM Eastern time. So so here's here's what we know. It wasn't just Canada Soccer totally fucking up me and like, all right, if we drop this randomly on a Monday night, people won't notice. It was because John Molinaro at Sportsnet uh, was about to break the story. So Canada Soccer, who had already planned to announce it later in the week, was like, well, we'll break it first or drop it, you know, so that we don't get totally scooped and, you know, put it out there. It seems like a lot of players were shocked based on the tweets that they sent. I think a lot of yeah. people assumed at first that even Christine Sinclair hadn't been told, but she clarified that John Herdman at least spoke to her 
before the decision was made. And you know what? I believe it because John Herdman didn't just get made coach over the weekend. He like played hardball with Canada soccer. There was negotiating. He was leveraging another job against them. So I, I feel like he would have at least told Sank about that before, you know, any announcement. Okay, so so here's the situation. Let's role play. <laughs> You're John Hurtman. Oh god, I How? had water in my mouth when you said that. <laughs> Keep going. How as John Hurtman, how do you tell Christine Sinclair that news? Right? Especially when you've already assured her that you're going to be there through 2020. It's a World Cup qualification I, year, too. You're about how? to head. I don't know. I, I would text it. I would text it and then turn my phone off, put my phone in airplane mode. I would text it and then put my phone in airplane Snapchat. mode. Snapchat. You got to Snapchat that to someone be like, hey, what's up? <laughs> so is John Herdman breaking up with Christine Sinclair? Is that what's happening here? Or is he is he expanding his reach and now he is the czar of Canadian soccer? So I have multiple feelings about this, but I think, first of all, we need to take into account the players' own words, obviously. Um, and the ones that I've seen have all been very sincere in saying that he changed the trajectory of their careers in the program and that they wish him luck. You know, there's there hasn't been anybody who's like, you know, well, F that poxy snake or whatever. Whatever they say in Canada, like, I'm disappointed in you. That's probably what they would say. I was going to say, how do you not know your Canadian slang more than that? It, I don't know if they would actually be like, F that guy. They're Canadian. So they'd be, be like, you know, it's just my opinion, but I'm a little it's bit just... disappointed. I apologize if this is taking the wrong tone. What I love about making fun of Canadians is we actually become really nice. <laughs> hey, when man. we make fun of them. We actually, we actually are our best selves. I disagree with you, but I respect your decision to do what's best for yourself and your family. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck with your new job. Right. Just like, your words don't match your tone. I don't understand. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Now, look. Would, would you like anything else? Can I do anything else before you leave? Is there any way I can help ease your transition, pal? You say it with an angry tone. <laughs> <laughs> so, the, the, like, you know, Sink, Demath, Janine, Becky, they've all said very polite stuff about it, but who knows with Canadians? Maybe under the, underneath the politeness there's a seething, roiling, like, bubbling lava field of resentment. I don't know. You know how Google has Google Translate? Sure. Oh, no! I wouldn't Google Translate, but Canadian. Like uh, like Obama's anger translator, Luther, on yes. TMPL, but like for Canadians. Yes. Fuck you, you fucking fuck. Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. I'm out. <laughs> this is this is why we can't get on iTunes. <laughs> you are the reason we can't get on iTunes. There are other podcasts on there with profanity. It's just, I think the one time we applied, we had a couple episode names that had profanity in them. They were like, no, no, no. Anyway. No, no, no. So that's, that's one level feeling. Like, the players, they feel how they feel. And obviously, they're the ones that matter in this situation. For me, personally... You know, as a fan of women's soccer, it feels a little bit like a dig. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. 
dude jumped from number five program in the world, two Olympic medals. They had, you know, it's it's a World Cup qualification year. They have a chance to advance decently in France in 2019 to go to the number 94 men's program that has done fuck all. Okay, so if we got to do this over again. Uh-huh. How does Sean Herdman go out in a blaze of glory where we actually feel okay about this? I think if he had gone immediately after the 2016 Olympics, it would have been like, okay, that's kind of the pinnacle. The You were coaching the host nation, even though they underperformed, but you guys, you know, scrapped your way back to a bronze medal. It's the beginning of a new cycle. Um, he did talk about how he felt at this point in time, he was leaving enough of a structure in place that it wasn't just like jumping out and they they don't know what the fuck to do without him and admittedly he has put a lot into place for them that they just didn't have for a long time and i get wanting to build something but what this what this like smells of to me is a he panicked and jumped early because he had leverage now and he didn't know if he'd have leverage in 2020 or 2021 combined with to me, the impression that he considered the women's team a stepping stone to the men's game instead of uh-huh. regarding it as its own professional pinnacle. Uh-huh. How do you feel? Have we ever seen a coach go this direction? From women's team to men's team on the international level? I don't yes. think so. I think this is the first time this has ever happened. I at, think at so, least too. In a, like, and it's so you know, crazy and it's so weird. And so my blaze of glory for John Herdman would be go to the She Believes Cup and just fuck up the roster like crazy. Is Canada and invited to She Believes? Basically, no, no, no. But he's got to get into the She Believes Cup first. That's task number one. Oh, okay. Task number two is fuck up that roster like crazy. If I were an international head coach and I were going to, but he can't do that. He can't do that because he was staying within the program. What Damn do you, it! What do you mean by like fuck up the roster? Like just put crazy like, 11s on yeah, there? Yeah, like like yeah, put the most insane 11s that we've ever seen. What like, like... make Christine Sinclair's sweeper? <laughs> just go in one day and like flip the whole thing upside down, but but own it, own it, and be like, no, we're, this is what we're trying. It's like at the end of practice when the coach is like, all right, we can play silly games now. So, like, keepers can come out and use their hands anywhere on the field. But do it at She Believes, <laughs> where it's the USA, France, and Germany. And make a mockery of the United States money grab mini tournament? Yes. <laughs> Why wasn't John Herbman thinking of, like, fucking U.S. soccer over during this? Whole I think thing? he constantly thinks of fucking U.S. soccer over, and he just hasn't been able to do it for I mean, years and years. He just... He's not going to get, he's in no better position now to fuck him over. Like, <laughs> no. He's been in much worse position to do it now. I know. You're, yeah. you're so much further away from U.S. soccer now, John. Here's the thing. Over the next couple of years, it, I feel like, so you know how when, sometimes when you lose weight, it can be easier in the beginning. You, you lose a lot of weight and then you hit a plateau. Oh, yeah, two years ago. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I feel like the same way he's maybe thinking of progress with the men's and women's team the same way. So the women's team, he's hit the plateau, right? Um, okay. Until some of the kids mature up a little bit and he's got more to build around Jesse Fleming and he 
um, you know, with, with Sink and like DMath and maybe Sophie Schmidt, Desi Scott, kind of on the brink of retirement. Maybe. Sink says she's not going till 2019 at least. But, you know, until he has a couple more young kids to build up around Jesse Fleming, he's kind of hit the plateau a little bit. Whereas with the men at 94, you know, it, it may not take much if, for him to boost them up 20, 30, 40, you know, 20 or 30 rankings. So it's like in the beginning, it's like, oh, I lost five pounds. That was so easy. That's that's maybe what this jump to the men's team is. And then, you know, he he's he's feeling that, um, I don't know, job ennui. He's feeling stalled and he wants to jump to a new project where he can, like, move forward a lot faster again, maybe. How do you feel stalled with a program like that? Like, U.S., like... Canadian soccer has fucking tweens on their senior team. Yeah, I don't think it's necessarily a right feeling, um, but maybe that's, I don't know. Because the other option I see here is that, yeah, he sees it as advancement to jump to the men's team. It's like, are you kidding me? I mean, no I, offense, I just, Canadian. I, I, I see it, I see it like, like you're playing Super Mario Brothers and you're trying to jump over the 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 thing you're trying to jump over the like gap but instead of hitting the upper level you actually like which would be england (laughs) you actually fell down quite a few rungs and you landed up on the canadian men's national team i (laughs) i feel like canada soccer should have called his bluff they should have been like fine go to fucking england see if we care and then john herdman stuck you know wading hip deep into one of the most toxic gross incompetent women's soccer environments that we've seen you know publicly yeah but you want you want to fucking challenge Cody England and clean that shit up yeah that's how the the other thing here is he has a young family and they've been in Canada for like since when did he take over as coach it was like 2012 just before uh, 2000 it, was, it was 20 before 12 uh, because 2011 was the world cup where they crashed out and Marache fucking yeah jump ship which, 2012, I think. Yeah, so early in 2012, late 2011. So he's been in Canada for, you know, over five, about five years now. His family settled, so he didn't want to go to England. Oh. Also, they probably... Oh, God, were... does he have the fucking, like, Caleb Porter mentality where no coach is going to coach in any one place for more than five years? I don't know. Um, I think he wanted to stay in Canada. He didn't want to uproot his family to go to England. Then so... stay with the women's national team. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, this is unnecessary drama in my life. <laughs> Your life? Your yeah, life? my life. My life. I'm right here. I'm so close. Oh. I'm going to Canada in two weeks. God. This is actually so related. Uh, so I'm going up for the ISC, the Independent Scores Council meeting. Oh. Is in a couple weeks. So, if you don't know anything about ISC or the Independent Supporters Council, um, they are a group that uh, are basically the collective of all of the independent supporters groups across North America. And once a year, we all get together. Last year, it was in Atlanta. This year, it's up in Vancouver. But we get together to talk about, like, what are the issues that we're facing as a sports group, either within our own group or pressures the front office are putting on us or just issues that the league has or just whatever, and try to figure out, can we all put our voices um, behind the same message and and make change? Uh, One of the cool things they have is, like, show racism the red card. 
um, or I don't think it's that particular saying, but they have like a racism out thing that is really cool to get behind. But uh, yeah, just want little little um, plug for ISC. Cool group. If you're in a sports group, find out more about them. Contact us. Contact me, um, and I can tell you all about them. So there's a thing I wanted to do with John Herdman. I said I'll get to it in a minute. It was when we were talking about he had a family. I still don't know. Is he still coaching the women? Like, like I'm still at a loss if he's Wait. taking more on his plate or. Okay, so the the Canada Soccer announcement says effective immediately. But I don't know what that means. Like, is he is he now the star of Canada Soccer? No, Canada. They or... they they promoted his assistant coach to head coach of the women's team. Ooh. I mean, apparently I mean, that maybe, was the plan all along. Right. I mean, the guy has experience with Denmark, uh, and he's been with he's been John Herdman's assistant for a while, so he at least has experience. We'll see how he does. What if he ends up being a better coach than John Herdman? How, okay, so how could he be a better coach than John Herdman? Like tactically. Like, like I think, but I mean, still, John Herdman tactically is pretty darn good. Yeah, but what if he like you know somehow gets the best out of Janine Becky or whatever. I don't know. Well, I mean, we'll see. We'll see, you know, what his performance is like in this coming year. Um, he's got he's got to qualify for the World Cup. Like In CONCACAF. Like, does, does, but CONCACAF. Like, we're in CONCACAF. Yeah, but we have and three we... slots <clears throat> in the World Cup, I think. Right, but, but I think that, <laughs> I think, I love it. But... You know, I don't think that Colombia has been pretty good. Costa Rica has been pretty good. Mm, does Colombia like Can- really Canada doesn't always dominate Colombia and Costa Rica. Mexico doesn't even always dominate Colombia and Costa Rica. We don't always dominate in CONCACAF. I mean, God, it was eight years ago. We had to go to fucking Italy to qualify for the World Cup. Okay. I just don't see Canada, like, nosediving so hard in the next... Uh, August, September, October, in the next nine months that they're suddenly like struggling to beat anybody but the USA or Mexico. I don't know, man. I don't know. Soccer's weird. So, another thing in this is, so obviously the players have made their statements, but I I really wonder if they haven't felt the sting in this a little bit because this is a team that had some abandonment issues when he stepped in. Right? With, with Carolina Morace checking out on them in 2011 and Herdman having to come in and do like a complete emotional rebuild. And then, you know, in a World Cup qualification year, he's like, well, actually, I need to take my chance now to go coach the men's team. So, peace. I just, I don't get it. He, he... John Herdman, if you listen to our podcast, come to Portland, let's sit down, have a drink, and you can explain it to me. Obviously, the players knew he was planning on moving on because he had said already after 2020, you know, I'll see the, the team through 2020. So I feel like at some point he probably, at least with, with Sink or like the senior leadership, he was maybe batting around the idea of like, all right, what do we want to, what's it going to look like when I leave? What's the succession plan? How do we want to leave the program when I'm gone, you know, and, and keep carrying on what I'm doing? So maybe at least they, they were used to the... The, the idea had been planted in them. So it wasn't quite hey, the same uh, as, you know, your head coach being like, fuck you guys, I'm out, you've disappointed me. 
you know? So I have a question. What? Is the assistant coach the new permanent head coach or the interim coach? No, he's the head coach. Like he's not interim. He's they're the, not he's the head right, coach. They're not they're they're not gonna come it down and poach a NWSL coach. Like Tom Sermani? No. I was thinking a little bit more close to my home, but sure, Tom Sermani. You think Canada would try and poach Laura Harvey? Close to my home. Flatco? Mark Parsons, goddammit. Oh. <laughs> I'm like geographically <laughs> inching closer and closer to Portland. Like Orlando, we're going to Utah, <laughs> Seattle, and then finally. Do you think Canada soccer is making phone calls? Or are they totally satisfied with all the way this is shaking out? I think that John Herdman told them what his succession plan was, and they were only too happy to follow it. Candace soccer doesn't give two shits about the women's team. Yeah, I don't perceive that they particularly care about the women, despite the women having brought them the lion's share of any glory they've had in the past cycle or so, you know? This sucks. It's, it's a bad combo there, where they don't really care enough about their women's team, plus they don't have the same spending power that the United States has. No, they don't. They so. don't have the same spending power, and their women's team is actually, like, if not this next World Cup, the one after. If they continue to rise uh, to bring their youth game to the senior level, like, Candace soccer is going to be crazy experienced in 2023. Yeah, it'll be like Australia, where they got all these 16, 15, 17-year-olds going right now, and then... By the time the 2023 World Cup rolls around, you've got like 24-year-olds who have 70 caps under their belt. Do you think Australia is going to be a case study? Yes. Yes, I do. We should make bets right now on France. It's going to be a case study on the integration of a youth pipeline with a domestic league. Um, right? Like a, 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 a holistic player development plan bringing kids along, you know, starting from 14, 15, all the way up to the senior team. How many goals do you think Sam Kerr is going to score this year? In 2018? Um, In for for her club, U.S. club team. For whatever club that may be. Hmm. Yes. 47. (laughs) 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 No, I didn't ask you for the secret to happiness. Um, Oh my god, 47. That was such a good answer. I, I'm going to go with two more than last year. So how, how many did she have last year? What? you? I'm going to go with two more than last year, but I don't know how many she scored last year. <laughs> That's how I do math. I gamble the same way I budget, based on historic precedent. So in 2017, Sam Kerr had 17 goals, four assists, which is interesting you said two more than 17, because I was going to say my realistic answer is 19 goals. Boom! I don't know. Actually, my realistic answer, I might say 16. Let's, so I, I want to, I want to start a website. Can you help me start a website? Uh, f- what's it <laughs> for? <laughs> I want to, I want to start a countdown of Sam Kerr goals from 20 to zero. Shouldn't it count up? No, I won't count down because I think it's gonna be twenty. I think it's just confusing if it counts down like a college nope, clock. She, nope, nope. I want it. I want it counting down because I want it to count down to me being correct. 
wow, it's about you then. It's not about... Yes. Okay, well... It's not about the number of goals she's scoring. It's about me being correct in my prediction. So the URL isn't even going to be can like... Can this? The URL isn't even going to be like, how many goals has Sam Kerr scored? It's going to be like, how close is Gab to being right? Dot com. Exactly. <laughs> sure we can register that domain something tells me that domain name is not taken i think we'll be okay what was what was the other domain name that we we purchased this this winter i think it was john herdman thirstwatch.com yes it was about john herdman yes so that's the other thing i don't think that the fans or the supporters or the people who pay attention to the men's side are going to appreciate john herdman's wardrobe I don't know. You might have some of them that there, there, there are several people attracted. There, there are categories of people attracted to men who watch the Canadian men as well. So they'll be into John Herdman's schmediums, just <laughs> one button daringly do, unpopped, just jaw do you tense. Think, do you think this is a strategic move of Canada soccer to grow the game? Maybe because the men's program needs the same attention that Herdman has given the women's game they really need to see someone to like go out clear out the garden start like making it all nice and neat and actually functional what I sometimes I wish that we did a video podcast uh-huh. because when I asked that question I then made the face of like what the dog does when they're making like a joke when dogs make jokes well, like the meme of the dog that like is telling a joke it's like a husky, and he just is, like, making the face. The only dog meme face I'm thinking of now is it's, um, you oh, know, the, the pit bull where they're like, you don't bite, man, and the pit bull's, like, giving you this skeptical look. No, I'm gonna send you the meme right now. Oh, I know what you're talking about. The you get it? The you get it yeah. husky? Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, that meme, that dog. Wow. I, as soon as I asked you that question, I made that face. So how often does the women's game grow the men's game? Like, that's how fucked up this situation is. Oh, wow. When you put it like that, it just blew my mind all over again. Right? Like, that was the point of the joke, is the women's game is going to grow the men's game in Canada. Y'all, they really do things differently up there, don't they? <laughs> I know. It's like fucking ass backwards, and it might be the most brilliant move ever. You know, in the end, I, I, I guess... What I have to say is I'm disappointed, but I respect that you had to do what was right for yourself and your family, I I guess. I don't know. Uh, I'm going to say John Herdman is trash. Okay. And um, he might also be revolutionary. What if we see a trend? What if he is the beginning of a trend of coaches who coach the female game to the point where they realize... I've done all I can to advance women's soccer. Now we gotta get started on men's. I think it depends on how many programs there are out there where the men and the women are in the same dire state. I think Jeff Kasouf made a really interesting point, or a good point in 442, where he was like, this is also a symptom of coaches in the women's game not being respected and compensated the same way as coaches in the men's game. If the money were good, that's one less factor in John Herdman's decision because I think he's certainly getting paid more for the men, not just because they're men, but because logically, if England is trying to poach him, right, 
then they, they're probably having to offer him a more attractive salary because they just got exposed as being, you know, one of the shittiest, dumbest FAs around, right? God, I want that job so bad. <laughs> I want that job. It was Can you, e- it's the easiest job in soccer. The HR meeting before you, like, actually start coaching. God. <laughs> I mean, it's the easiest job. Just don't fuck up in these ways. Like, all right, so we've compiled a list of things not to do. A, no racism. B, don't sleep with the players. Um, Players multiple, God. Yeah. C, like, fucking, don't be racist. Yeah, it feels like like that one kind of needed some extra emphasis. So in order for him to leverage that against Canada, if I'm John Herman... You know, and let's just say I'm making 100000 for the women. Then England is probably offering him something competitive. Let's say they're offering him 150. I'd turn right back around and I'd leverage that against Canada and be like, all right, you going to pay me 180, 200 for the men? Are you, you, you know, you're also going to put me in charge and give me basically carte blanche to arrange the program as I want or else I'm gone. So the thing that pisses me off about that scenario is he can make more, not even coaching a competitive team. Like, that, he can make more rebuilding a dying program than he can coaching a team who has the potential to medal at any international tournament where there's FIFA money on the line. Like, like they're willing to pay him more to coach the B squad than they are to coach the A squad who has the potential to earn money for the program. We got the A team. You got the B team. And get you paid better. more there. But, I mean, that's that's what's fucked up. Like, No, you... there, there, there's so much about the situation that, like, really shines a light on the inequalities between the men's and the women's games and the attitudes that we have toward them and how that influences everything from the top down, like, the entire structure. Do you think Christine Sinclair will go into coaching? Now, that would be interesting. I don't know. I know Rian Wilkinson has started to make the jump. I think Carm Moscato is doing some coaching. I... Okay, do you think Christine Sinclair would be a good coach? Or do you think she would be, like... I don't know. I kind of I kind of get the feel from her that she's a little bit like... Not meh, but she's a little bit like you get to make your own decisions. They've, they've talked many times about how Sink as a leader is very like I set the example and you follow it, but I'm not, I'm not here to give you like the independence day speech. Although I think she's also mentioned, like I worked on that and she's become more of a vocal leader, but you know, they've all, she said, her teammates have said, John has said, you know, sync is not the rah, rah type. She sets or Mark Parsons has even said it too. Like she sets the example by like being the example so that can be effective for some players, but I think as a coach, you need to have a wide arsenal of techniques for motivation. So unless she becomes a lot more comfortable with kind of like either putting her arm around someone's shoulder or like yelling in someone's ear, just whatever technique she finds most useful for motivating a player, then, I mean, there's certainly plenty of coaches out there who have their style, and if they clash with a the player, they don't make the adaptation, but those are bad coaches. So maybe right, right. now she doesn't have the toolbox to be a great coach. So here's a here's a completely different off kind of off topic question. If you've if you've been involved in soccer for 30 years of your life and you're coming up on retirement, do you retire into soccer or do you just like go away? 
Like, Abby Wambach has kind of gone away. I feel like that reflects how she ended her career, though. She just was, like, stumbling forward through the last couple of years, just hanging on grimly, wanting that 2015 medal and stuff. And so afterward, she she was already tired. She was tired of the game and just holding on for so long. And we now know that she had, you know, some substance abuse problems there that she was having to deal with. For other people, if their careers end maybe in a more, like, joyous and definitive way, they want to stay in the game. I think it just depends on how tired you are at the end of your career. Yeah. Ooh. Do you think that's going to be Chrissy Rampone's last year? Piercy. Do you think this is going to be Piercy's last year? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, she gave an interview last summer, apparently in June, where she was, like, getting team prepared and ready for this season next season so i could step away from the team in a better place okay so she says next season so maybe 2018 is her last year and i i could see that i could see her backing away but not wanting to like leave not wanting to pull a john herdman and just leave during the off season have a team go what the fuck you see what i did there <laughs> yeah i connected it all Okay, well, do you have any final thoughts? Do we have anything on... else we want to talk about? No, I think we just I wanted mean... to talk about... The... That's It's quite a topic, eh? Eh? Yeah. Um, let's. I, what I would like to do is I would like for us to make a prediction and stick to it right now. Um, I would like you to commit to when you think the day and a.m. or p.m. A lot like predicting a baby when a baby will be born. Day and a.m. p.m. When do you think the NWSL schedule is going to drop? Well, we know they're starting earlier, sometime in March. I'm going to say February 20th in the p.m. I, being a romantic, am going to say Valentine's Day in the a.m. All right. The 14th is a Wednesday, and I picked the 20th, which is a Tuesday. It's probably going to be a Friday. So we are both going to be wrong. It's going to be February 23rd. It's going to be after 9 p.m. Eastern time. I think it would be a wonderful Valentine for the NWSL to give us the schedule on Valentine's Day. Sure. Why not? Not not sooner than that, like in January. No, not during the NWSL draft or anything like that. But you, like you don't er- want to have too there there's such a thing as too much hype stuff. Well, but also early enough for so fans can plan travel and stuff. If they're starting late March. Oh, intro by the XX just started playing. I was going to say you hear what's playing right now. Yeah. I first heard this song because Alex Scott you know, had it all queued up before uh, Breakers Games and WPS. Uh, at least I assume Alex Scott was responsible for it. I remember we jammed to this in Houston one time. Mm. One time we were in Houston. I think it was the first time we were in Houston. This yeah. was on the playlist. Yeah, I associate this song very closely with the Boston Breakers because, you know, I first heard it at their game, so. I associate this song very closely with U.S. soccer because I am convinced it's a part of the Behind the Crest series. Uh, I don't know. I feel like Behind the we've, Crest... We've, we've researched this, and I'm actually wrong, but I feel... I feel <laughs> Okay. Yeah, I don't think they had the music rights to use this for Behind the Crest. I agree, and we've researched this. We've already had this conversation, but I still associate it with the uh, German World Cup. 
So you know what? We've recorded almost a full episode anyway, despite really only talking about one thing. Well, I mean, we have diverted quite a bit. Yeah. Do you have any last thoughts on John Herdman before he... <laughs> God, I'm, it's like he's going to disappear, but he's just going to the men's national team. He's just got, he's got downgrade. Okay, how, but that's the thing. Like, that's, I think, the brain fuck that I've been experiencing for three days is this is the first time that you can say he's been downgraded by going to a men's team. I think that's fair. With apologies to that, any Canadian crazy, listeners, right? I think you have to say that's fair. Like, that's crazy, right? Yes, it is. I mean, we're, we're talking about it. It's the only thing we can talk about because it's it's that wild. So, yeah, I, of course, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yes, I agree. I mean, I agree. I'm just sitting here on, on at my desk with like literally my head is in my hand because I just haven't been able to cope with this. I mean, I... I slammed a double Jack and Coke and I'm just seriously sitting here going, it's a compliment. Like I know it's a compliment, I'll, but I'll... I still feel like somebody broke up with me to then go get with a, it's like someone broke up with you to get with someone that they told you not to worry about. Yes. Not even that, because sometimes those people you actually really, sh you, you, if you have somebody in your life telling you not to worry about somebody, you actually should. <laughs> not even somebody they told they told you not to worry about. It's somebody that neither of you ever, like, yeah, some like acquaintance it, of a coworker. It's like really, him. It's 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 like the person who shows up to the potluck not bringing anything, but is still like continually invited. <sighs> wow. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's a cardinal sin in my eyes. Still, I come back to, how does John Herdman make that phone call? Like, what are you telling Christine Sinclair in that phone call? Right. And it's a lot sooner than you had planned because the timetable got moved up on you. So it had to be, unless he called her, you know, before, but the way Canada Soccer reacted, it's like they had to move now, 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 like on the day. So I just feel like, Unless John was like, all right, this week we're doing it on this day. I want you to be prepared. It seems like he might have called her like day of and like, hey, in about an hour, you're going to see a story. You know how we kind of talked in the past idly about maybe one day I might move somewhere else. Well, you know, I, it, it almost feels like coming home as a kid and finding out your parents are packing up to move, which happened to me once, kind of. I was four and I didn't understand the concept of moving, so when we left, I thought we were going back home, but we never did. <laughs> you can't go back never. home again. You can't go back. Okay, well, that, this has been another episode of Two Drunk Fans. I tell you, when the news dropped, I literally, my jaw dropped as well, and I stared at the computer for like 10 minutes without making a sound. And then my first thought was that scene in Jurassic Park where the T-Rex is just broken out of the paddock. And the kids are in the sewer grate, and Dr. Grant finds them, and the girl's like, he left us! He left us! He left us! I mean, it's it's batshit crazy, but it's a compliment, but it's batshit crazy. There are many facets to the situation. It's not all one thing, as most situations are. So that's why we talked about it for so long. Uh, that's why we drink. That is why we drink. <laughs> <laughs>